Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Caitlin Chamberlain. We recorded this a few weeks ago at my home in Portland, Oregon. This episode is brought to you in part by Earful of Fiddle, an immersive lakeside music and dance camp in Rodney, Michigan, whose mission is the use of traditional music and dance as community-building entertainment fostering creative arts practice. Now in its 12th year, Earful of Fiddle provides instruction in percussive dance, song, fiddle, guitar, banjo, cello, and uke, as well as informal music sessions and evening dances from June 21st through the 26th, 2020. This year's instructors include Alexi Chartron, Bruce Bauman, Sean Ellsworth Hoffman, Melisande Tremblay-Bourassa, Dick Garris, and me, Cameron DeWitt. To register, visit earfulloffiddle.com. While Get Up in the Cool gets the occasional super cool sponsor like Earful of Fiddle, it's by and large listener funded, so shout out to Jeanette Henderson for signing up to support the show on Patreon. Making this show takes a lot of time and resources, and I'm about to have less of both. My second child will likely be here by the time this episode airs, so it means a lot when my listeners acknowledge that and chip in, thank you, Jeanette. To my other listeners who haven't signed up to fund the show, you can follow the link in this episode's show notes on your podcast app to patreon.com slash getupinthecool. Find a level that you can comfortably sustain and, of course, get some exclusive rewards like full video episodes, a secret bonus track podcast, an mp3 archive of every tune and song ever played on the show, and online banjo workshops. Stick around afterwards and I'll tell you how to keep up with this week's guest. But first, here's my interview and jam with Caitlin Chamberlain. Enjoy. Thank you. 
Caitlin Chamberlain. Welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Thank you. What was that? What did we just play? So that was a, a tune called American Refugee, written by uh, Chris Cool, who is a really amazing Canadian banjo player. Why? Well, yeah. Uh, why? Why is it called that? Do you know? Um, I'm trying to remember what did Heard he him say? Explain it. He says right on their on their website. I'm pretty sure for for his band, him saying because uh, he's Canadian. He's Canadian, yeah. Uh, and I think he named it after some thing he saw on the news. I wish I could remember right. specifically, but it was something about yeah. <laughs> yeah, it feels feels pointed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think it was a, a lot of things statement. that could mean. Hmm. Why why did you learn that Chris Cool tune then? Well, yeah, Chris Cool is one of my favorite banjo players, and I, in terms of like Canadian musicians, it seems like America kind of takes over in the trad world. There's not a lot of uh, known Canadian names, I guess, in, in that way. You think of everyone in like obviously Appalachia and, and parts of America like that. So yeah, I wanted to. I learned quite a few of his tunes by ear off of his albums, and that tune was especially just beautiful and spacious to me as compared to some of his more tr- traditional stuff that is like really noting a lot sure. more fast and like a lot more fiddle oriented like this was like a tune that was like this is written by a banjo player for the banjo it's fully beautiful a banjo player can play it alone and it's like really nice to listen to yeah. without needing any other instrumentation so that was like why i learned it and in the recording the fiddler you know, just just barely accompanies him with like simplicity, and so I was like, "Yeah, that's rare. It's usually the other way yeah, around." Yeah, it, it needs to be more banjo with fiddle accompaniment. Yeah, exactly, totally. Yeah, because they're both melodic lead instruments in my mind, and sure. and they do both lead. A lot of the time, the fiddle leads more, but yeah, I feel like they could take turns a bit more with the support role. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> how long have you been playing the banjo? um about eight years eight years yeah yeah why did you want to did you want to yeah (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, definitely i mean yeah how old was i when i i think i was 12 or something when i first heard like a a five string like claw hammer banjo before that i'd heard lots of tenors i grew up like in nova scotia and listening to cape breton music and Celtic music and stuff like that, but but there wasn't really any five string. Sure. Five string really struck me as something else, like exotic, I guess, in a way. And unlike any other instrument, like Yeah, so, I guess it would have been pretty outside of your paradigm. Yeah, well, well even there. just in, in all the instruments I played up until that point and any instruments I had context for, like the way that you play a five string is unlike anything else. It's pretty weird. It's super weird. Yeah. <laughs> I mean to to our paradigm yeah oh yeah oh, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah exactly to our yeah. paradigm yeah so i was blown away by Not that trying to be normative yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. But, the, but the like tonal just the sounds it's just so like happy even when you're playing sad music and so there was like this like bitter sweetness to the sure. banjo that really like struck me um do you remember what it was that you heard like yeah which, yeah it was, was it? uh chris ludica he's called old man oh, yeah. ludica canadian banjo player and songwriter um, and and he, at the time, he he basically just had like underground music playing open mics, very like unknown yeah. because that was so long ago. I was, I was like 12 or 13, yeah. um, which was like 13, 14 years ago. So yeah, um, and his stuff is especially like touching, you know, because of his songwriting as well. But I was just like, wow, there's nothing more beautiful in the entire world than that. Mm. So from that point, I was like, I have to get a banjo. I'd been playing guitar and- What kind of guitar stuff were you playing? What were you playing on the guitar is what I mean. I was playing acoustic. That was before I had really transitioned into, you know, electric and went through a phase with that. Um, what was I playing? Were you like strumming chords and singing songs? I was like doing that, that yeah. But okay. I was also just like picking apart some tunes and okay. wasn't really into the trad world at the time and like too young and a bit disconnected and like uh, homeschooled and, and stuff like that. You had like classical music <laughs> foisted on you, right? When I, yeah, when yeah. I was three, my my mom is a piano teacher, so yeah. that was so. Yeah, my, actually, the guitar picking up the guitar was a deliberate like deviation from sure. that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. I mean, honestly, I sat down with a lot of my favorite music and would just learn it on the guitar yeah. by ear because my mom was so focused on reading music and all of that. My dad was a guitar player. Mom and dad liked to fight a lot. So I was like, I'm gonna learn the guitar. Yeah, I was so with dad on this one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Shoot. Dad plays by ear, you know, whatever. So I'm just like that. trying to get like a picture of like how you, you know, got into 
the music that you're into now. But so like when you were playing guitar and picking stuff up by ear, like what was the music that you were into? It's funny because there's a quite a wide range. Of, Give me like a couple examples. Like um, obscure stuff. Okay. But like I liked playing like tallest man on earth and Great. like um, like finger picky stuff was nice. So you liked folk or folk adjacent? Yes, or definitely. Commercial folk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. It I wasn't commercial at the time, but yeah. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> then he blew up, but yeah. Yeah, that kind of stuff. But then I also liked playing, like, uh, before I got my electric, I liked playing, like, the Black Keys and, like, stuff like that yeah. on, on acoustic. Awesome. And even Metallica shit. Uh, Great. Until I got electric. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that was that. But, but really, like, growing up on the East Coast, my mom being a musician, uh, we would go see shows in Cape Breton all the time. So there was trad music that I loved and listened to ever since I was little. And we would go see like Natalie McMaster and like Ashley McIsaac and stuff and, and see the incredible fiddlers who would play with cello accompaniment, trad cello accompaniment, yeah. and like, and you know, tenor banjo and guitar and all, and all that stuff. So yeah, I think that that seeped in my brain. I also yeah. took step dancing when I was young, when I was like okay. 10. So like, and, you know, I danced with these, this group called Mary's Islanders and, and the music we danced to was trad. Like there was trad all around me, I think. So wait, what kind of step dancing? Like, is there a... There's different I, kinds, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember what it was. We, we've been hanging, like, peek behind the curtain. We've been hanging out all week. You've not mentioned that you were a step dancer as a child. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I still step dance. Yeah. Yeah. You still do? Yeah. Man. I brought my shoes, actually. But Interesting. Yeah. yeah. You just, like, widened my... Because usually I feel like I get step dancing vibes from people. Yeah. And then they and then they tell me, I'm like, yeah, you did step yeah, dance. Totally. Yeah, but now you're like widening my paradigm of what kind oh, well, of people can be a, a step dancer. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Did so, you like it as a kid? Yeah, I did very yeah. much. Yeah, it's another way of like celebrating music in your body, I guess. Is yeah. like, and it's so you know so so rhythmic and stuff. What did what kind did I do? I'm trying to think because I ended up ultimately went to dance school professionally. Actually, in the end, yeah. not for step dancing, but I did take tap dance classes or yeah. whatever so it ended up being at this point what i do is an improvised mishmash of like clogging and like i forget what kind of step dancing um there's like ottawa valley there's a bunch of different stuff going on in canada um irish i think it's just a mishmash and then actual musical theater tap dance <laughs> great so that's what i just like improvise that shit when people are fiddling <laughs> yeah yeah awesome yeah Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah, th that explains like where you're headed, like from an early age. I think so. Yeah. yeah. You, the pieces are coming together. Yeah. And you hear old man Ludica. Ludica. Yeah. Ludica. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to know reading his name. How to oh, yeah, it doesn't. Ludica. Old man. <laughs> yeah. I always read it as, like, when I was first getting into banjo playing, looking up client room banjo players, I always read it as Ludeki. Yeah. Or people do like frequently. Yeah. Ludica. Ludica. Yeah. So you saw him. Or you uh, heard him. I heard him. My sister gave me a mix CD that she'd made of like... Big big sis? Yeah, my big okay. sister who's 10 years older than me and has a great taste in music. Uh, and so like that mix CD had like M Ward and like... Yeah. Um, trying to remember what else was I've gotten mixed CDs with M Ward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. So um, yeah, it had a bunch of old man Ludicon and it was the first time I'd heard mm. him. Uh, she was living in, I think, she was living in Halifax, um, you know, living her life as a cool adult who I, like, idolized enormously. Her <sighs> boyfriend at the time played banjo as well, but he played a six-string, he played a banjo guitar. So anyway, yeah. he didn't really play banjo, <laughs> <job>. but <laughs> but it had, the, you know, it had the sounds, whatever. Yeah, so that's where I heard Old Man Ludica on a CD. And having an older sibling just seems like so ideal in a lot of ways. I guess you just so. get a access to all this culture and stuff. That, yeah. 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 You kind of do. Didn't, I didn't have that. Are you an only child? Uh, I have one sister and uh, she's like 19. She's 19 and I'm 30. Wow. And so, yeah. And and she's adopted. So I, I only lived with her for like four years. Oh, wow. So it's a very different experience. Do you think you influenced her in any way, though? I'm sure in any way, <laughs> but she's not a banjo player. 
not in the right ways. <laughs> yeah, she's she's very different than me, right. and I would be curious to see to ask her that, and mm. she'd probably just be like, "Hell no!" <laughs> right, like in terms I, of like looking up to you and like aspiring to be you on some level or whatever. Probably yeah. not. Yeah. Yeah, I just. <laughs> I'd be really surprised. Yeah. She's really cool. I'm glad she's not like me. <laughs> she's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. So you you wanted a banjo from yeah. hearing that recording. Oh, yeah. What did you do about it? Well, so I'm left-handed. I play instruments left-handed, except mm. I play the fiddle right-handed. That's a bit of an inconvenience. But playing guitar left-handed is a lot easier than banjo because you could just restring the guitar, and that's what I've been doing. Sure. Um, but with the fifth peg in the middle of the neck, you can't do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I couldn't find a banjo, and it's like poor. So that was a no go. <laughs> but I would look, and I also lived in rural Nova Scotia, so there's also not really an abundance of like. You don't have like an elderly instruments like a. There's no the music corner. store yeah. either. Yeah. Like there's, yeah, there's nothing, and and I didn't I didn't know any banjo players that it, I can't find a left-handed banjo. You kind of have to get them custom made, yeah. which is like so beyond, was so beyond my price range, which was zero, <laughs> that <laughs> it was like unthinkable. So, you know, I just continued playing guitar a little bit resentfully, <laughs> wishing it was a banjo. <laughs> and then I, I got an electric guitar after that and tried to like deviate into more different tones, I guess. Cause I wanted the banjo tone, yeah. but yeah. It, it wasn't until I was 18 when I got a banjo. It was a long time of wanting one and not having one and never ever getting to play one because all of them are right-handed yeah <laughs> yeah shoot yeah i always think of, like there's this it's it's like a huge ableist like crisis in like our like in what, our with, society like, with, like, yeah it's thing? just like there's yeah. so many people that are left-handed and then they have yeah it's like really hard to have access to things unless you want to pay for like specialization basically yeah yeah totally yeah <laughs> shit but, you know, it makes sense to a certain degree in that obviously the majority of people are right-handed. Mm -hmm. And then you think about the way that selling things works. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not mad about it or whatever. It's just, I guess, right. the way it is. I don't know. But it would be nice if it was m more accessible, I guess. But a lot of instruments can be restrung. Banjo is one of those things that you can't, yeah. you know? <laughs> I'm trying to think of what else, what, what? sitar <laughs> yeah with the like 40 pegs it has on it or whatever <laughs> right yeah and then yeah yeah that would be difficult i wonder what they do in uh places where sitar playing is is expected or i would really like i also would like yeah. to play the sitar what do the lefties do but mm. do they exist i think in indian classical music like maybe they don't give you the choice of yeah. playing left hand probably similar to why you play fiddle right-handed uh, standard yeah. way yeah yeah they don't give you the choice yeah <laughs> Let's play another tune, and then I uh, have so many more questions. Uh, yeah. What, what do you want to play next? Um, well, let's play something by Chris Ludica. Yeah. Now that we're on the theme Great. banjo players from Canada. It's interesting playing uh, double banjo with someone who's in completely different tunings. Uh-huh. something I'm not generally <laughs> used to as well. <laughs> but, yeah, I keep having to just not look at your hands. Yeah, yeah, I'm exactly. Like, ah, I also not, not look at your <laughs> yeah. hands either. <laughs> yeah. You could look at the floor, make eye contact, but nowhere in between. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's harder because we're reflections of each other. Um, oh, yeah, and then there's yeah, the, the right added left. right left. Um, yeah, so this tune, um, one of, how many albums has he put out since? One of his newer albums is like, he's a pretty prolific writer, actually, Old Man Ludica. This one he wrote on the gourd banjo, um, which I really like. I like getting into like gourd banjos. It's the original banjo. And sure. you can capture more of like the sound of like... Gourd. Yeah, gourd. <laughs> and fretlessness, which is really yes. interesting and fun and exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Non-steel so, strings. Yeah. Nylon fretless. Yeah, so this one, it's called Wait a While. It's a bit of a tune song. I think I finally figured it out. <laughs> it's it's a little bit weird. It's a little bit hard to hard. It's a bit crooked. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I believe I'm not coming in until after you start singing, correct? For this one? Is this the uh, one? Yep, you can do that, or you can come in on when the like. Wait bridge. a while. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Either, yeah. either works. Great. 
and then cut out for the next day. Okay, I'll part. do that. It's a bit distracting. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Yeah, it's a sweet tune. I omitted some. Of, uh, I think there's another verse. Yeah. I delete it so that there's more jamming. <laughs> That's generally what I do with it. No, if I no, I hope don't offend old man Ludico with that. I love his his writing, but I omit a verse. <laughs> so, yeah, um, how did you get your first banjo? That how were you able to like get a left-handed banjo if they are so inaccessible inaccessible yeah. to you? Um, when you're 18. Yeah, so I moved out when I was 17 um, and to Halifax, the only city really in the province. Yeah, <laughs> basically, <laughs> so I went to Halifax and um, 
was living in this massive communal like hippie den dungeon hole and uh <laughs> wow tell me more <laughs> oh <laughs> like, jesus yeah how many people were living jesus there? like anywheres from like 10 to like 18 or something depending on like the constant flow yeah. in and out of of folks right we didn't have i don't even think we had door knobs um we had like a slumlord for a landlord and then everyone had low standards of living so yeah so people would come in off the street yeah. People coming off the street, and we wouldn't know if it was anybody's friends. It turns out it would be no one's friends. It was just a random person off the street who slept on the couch for three Jeez. nights and then left, <laughs> which is like, you know, didn't bother anyone until, you know, stuff started getting stolen. Sure. <laughs> like like my Les Paul electric guitar that really hurt, hurt, made me mad. I moved out after that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so, yeah. with that, so I'm glad that that's like... <laughs> That's the thing that made you move out, not yeah, something no. like way worse. <laughs> so, yeah, that's. I feel like you got out pretty good. Yeah, that was. It got worse, even worse after that. But oh, oh, oh yeah. So how did I? But that being said, that house was like in a way like a community pillar of like a lot of um, alternative music, hmm. and we would host a lot of shows. Um, a lot of musicians lived there. Um, the living room was a jam space. There was barely furniture. It was just like billions of like amps and equipment and instruments and things and djembes and like what and, and a piano and, and whatnot. Um, so that was a really creative house for me. That was really cool to like move out, uh, out of like my parents' house and end up living in a place like that. Yeah. And it was dirt cheap. So that was great. So in, in all of that, I ended up meeting uh, a guy that, that I started dating who was a banjo player. Um, and he, cool. yeah, so he, and he didn't live, Banjo boyfriend. yeah, I was really stoked about that, you yeah. know, because of my, his name is Chris as well. And I at the time was in love with Chris Ludica in my mind. Yeah. So I was like, Chris, a banjo player. All the Canadian is, Chris banjo players. Yeah. Oh God. Like, yeah, yeah. Hey. yeah. I was like, this is good. This is, this is as close as I'm going to get. So, um, <laughs> like, yeah, all of Chris Ludica's songs are about how much he loves his wife and, and all. And I'm like a child anyway, <laughs> just like a fantasy of my mind yeah. um, shout out <laughs> again yeah so uh so uh yeah so he lived not far and he would come over a lot and like whatever i just i he knew i wanted to learn yeah. and i would try to play his upside down banjo for me occasionally it just was you can't the fifth strings on yeah. the bottom yeah. <laughs> it was like fundamentally you can't that was really frustrating and i think he's the one who found the ad on Kijiji, which is like Canadian Craigslist. Okay. Yeah. What is it called? Kijiji. Kijiji. Yeah. <laughs> Kijiji. Yeah. Cool. Um, I've so, never heard about. That. Yeah, because he knew he knew that I wanted one. He knew how desperately badly I wanted one. Yeah. And I think he found it, and um, it was like four hundred and fifty dollars, I think, or something. It was a, uh, um, I think like a Vega or something. Great. Uh yeah, and and it was uh, not an open back. It had like a resonator, and yeah. So um, and the person selling it was like, "Get this away from me! What am I supposed to do with a left-handed <laughs> banjo? Like, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know where they got it." But like, um, yeah. so he basically he showed it to me, and he was like, "I may be wrong. Maybe I found it anyway." But basically, he was like, "Do you want this?" And I was like, "Yes." I do, yeah. but I basically can pay rent, which is about $450, or I can buy this banjo. Right. And he was like, I'll get it for you. Wow. Like, or pay your rent, whatever. And I was just like, that's insane. I think we've been seeing each other like a month yeah. or something. And that was really, really, really amazing. So we got the banjo. Yeah. And then he taught me. Wow. Like, he gave me my first lessons. Um, and yeah. And then we started performing together because he also played um, slide guitar and sang. Um, and I step dance, play banjo. Um, yeah. And, and that ended up going where it went or whatever, being like eight, 18 and like only actually really fundamentally caring about the banjo in the equation. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, yeah, I reached a point where my skill level surpassed his and that became a point of like contention, I think. Um, and then whatever, inevitably we ended up breaking up. And then I actually ended up finding uh, Gold Tone five string left-handed yeah. banjo yeah. which is what i'm playing right now um and i really liked the tone because it was 
an open back. I didn't realize you could yeah. take resonators off. Right, right. <laughs> um, but it still had a warmer sound. This is like a bluegrass banjo that I've right. been playing claw hammer style. Like, um, so yeah, I got the gold tone and then I had both these banjos and I felt like the richest person in the world. <laughs> yeah, that, that was that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, uh, men wanting to give banjo advice to young women <laughs> yeah. and then getting intimidated when those women get better than them is a thing. Yeah, oh, totally. <laughs> it's a thing. It's cool that he bought you a banjo, but totally. also like, yeah, that's not a, not a surprising story. The rest of it. Oh, totally. And, <laughs> yeah. and I mean, I also was like whoever I dated during that period of time of like initial banjo discovery was like barely existed in my mind. I just played banjo all yeah. the time until my fingers bled. There's blood all over my first banjo always uh -huh. like stained into the skin. I just like played nonstop. And I lived in a house where you could do that. Sure. Everyone is like a weirdo and a vagrant and a musician and you yeah. could play banjo at 3 a.m. for eight hours all night if you yeah. want, nobody cares. So I just played all the time perpetually. I was obsessed with it. Like I even tried like holding a credit card in my hand to like practice the claw, uh -huh. like and, and like, like YouTube videos and learning Chris Ludica tunes by oh, ear yeah. and like translating guitar things that I knew onto band, whatever. It was great. It was a great exploratory time. It would have been nice to have more concrete instruction though, beyond what he taught me. Um, he taught me drop some, I think. No, actually, this is what happened. <laughs> Okay. Dish. <laughs> so he he um, was a decent banjo player to an extent, but he didn't. You know, he just did bum ditty basically. He didn't do any other variations. Sure. Um, and so we both wanted to learn drop them. I got yeah. to a point where I was at the same level, same yeah, fairly yeah. quickly from playing obsessively, and um, we both wanted to learn drop them. So we're looking at these YouTube videos and we're trying it, and I just got it. I don't know. I just got drop them like yeah. almost right away. And I was so excited to get it. And then, and then I played it a million hours a day. Yeah. So then my drop thumb was great. And his was still barely happening. Oh, and no. that's where the bitterness <laughs> yeah. started. Drop thumb or drop thumb. <laughs> like the coveted drop thumb. So yeah, and he's like, well, how are you, why, how are what, how could you, why are you, like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I just do it. This is the end. <laughs> wow. Yeah, anyway, that was it. It, it sounds like that time in your life um, maybe could have been a very disruptive and stressful and potentially like bad, like moving out of the house maybe earlier than other people yeah. typically do mm -hmm. and uh, living in a situation like that, um, starting to date folks, adult in like adults, you know, like, yeah. but it sounds like you had this through line of being obsessed with the banjo of course, and like, and then having access to one. Yeah. And then it sounds like that's like gotten you through a lot of <laughs> like for sure. potentially really. Yeah. I mean, music in general yeah. for, for, has been like for me a, a huge source of like healing and like stability, I guess, like inner strength, I guess. Or like just like it's what you it's mine, you know, it's, yeah. it's also something I share with people as a way of connecting, yeah. which is extremely important to me, especially like at that time. And then years after that being like pretty young and weird and socially anxious and like weird yeah. and like homeschooled freakazoid um, and whatever. So yeah, music as a way of like traveling, I started traveling quite a bit and traveling with the instrument. I was like, this is just like a gateway to everything that I want to do and aspire to, like music in general, but also the banjo and like, yeah. So I think it's always been like that for me. Music has been either through dancing or playing music. Um, I think it's like that for a lot of people. It's like, that's why it's so powerful. <laughs> what do you want to play next? Um, Let's do, um, Let's do, uh, so me and a fiddler I play with uh, are releasing our second album in, um, I think, the end of March, hopefully. That's the plan. We're supposed to tour it at the end of March. Great. So, so it better be done. It better be done before <laughs> then, ideally. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So I'll make sure to release this soon then. Yeah. <laughs> this is February when I'm... Yeah. Wait. So, um, yeah, we, uh, we did our first album, which is all Chad Tunes live off the floor, which is 
to me the way that you do trad tunes, you know, in a, in a big way. And then this, this album is almost entirely original, you know, tunes and songs and content cool. and, and us taking trad music and twisting a little bit, but also infusing it with like, for me, a lot of my influence are like French Canadian music, Cape Breton music, Celtic music in general. Um, cause that's so prevalent in Canada. Yeah. Um, so there's like pieces of that. And I don't even think we intentionally meant to make it like Canadianized, you know what I mean? But sure. we're Canadians, we're Canadian musicians who like study Canadian trad. Yeah. So yeah, anyway, this tune is actually called Los Algodones, which is a place we went to in Mexico uh, last, no, 20, December 2018. Um, and the tune kind of came together there. No, I get in trouble for that playing Celtic music. Oh, they don't like that. No, they hate that. That's not how that works. It's funny playing different trad styles because yeah. they have their different ways of ending. And <laughs> it wasn't until I really started digging into Celtic shit and I was playing with a new Celtic fiddler I hadn't played with before. She's really great. Her name is Christina. And um, she's so Irish. She went to Ireland and studied Irish fiddle. So she knows exactly how those tunes are supposed yeah. to end. Whereas like Mac, who I play with with our band, He's a total deviant and he does whatever the hell he wants. Sometimes he'll just toss in the weirdest bluegrass ending just for, uh, just cause he knows I hate that. And just, it just keeps yeah. rolling. You're like, where the, when's it going to end? He keeps looking and laughing and he continues the bluegrass. And we're not even playing bluegrass. We're playing like a Celtic tune. And then finally he ends it. Like, anyway, so that's funny. Yeah. Oh yeah. So the Celtic stuff. Yeah. They it, like it, it when you do a shave in the haircut. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, so not like that. Thing. So it's kind of funny, <laughs> kind of infusing little tiny bits like that into like mm. what would otherwise be like a more old time sounding tune. Yes. Uh, so I like I like doing stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just want to put a musical exclamation point after every tune. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. done. <laughs> <Shoot>. <laughs> yeah, the Celts like creating suspense for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we I think we have a couple more. Do you want to do this song next? Sure, yeah. Yeah. You can do that. You write lyrics as well. I do, yeah. As well as tunes. Yeah. Yeah, so this is this one's in G. I think that's what I meant. Yep. Great. I have, to, <laughs> I have to readjust. My banjo goes out of tune when I play it sometimes. This is a terrible feature. <laughs> I know you haven't played a lot of other banjos, but they they all do that. They do, eh? <laughs> yeah. The right hand ones do that, too. It's good to know. <laughs> What's this called? Uh, it... Love song, basically. Yeah. Yeah. The platonic love song. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You can't tell if it's platonic or not, and that's the the point, I guess. <laughs> Sorry, I meant, I guess I meant like the platonic ideal yeah. of one. Not yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I guess so. Yeah. It just ended up. It's funny. It's, I have tunes and songs that become. You get their names just by what you write down on the set list quickly to get it down and yeah, to, I love songs. Yeah. You're, just to conjure the right idea with the other people you're playing with, yeah. and then that eventually just becomes the name of the song. I've absolutely done that before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're like, well, it turns out that was catchier than the actual name. Um, yeah, the settler's name. Okay. Teach you and show you and love you same I'll teach you and 
You do that with the High Quadra Ramblers. Yeah. High Quadra Ramblers. Yeah. Explain that name for oh, me, please. Geez. Well, so, yeah, there's an area of, of in Victoria called High Quadra, and that's where we met. Perfect. Yeah. Where you and Mac met. Me and Mac met. Yeah. yeah. Sure. The two high quadra ramblers. Yeah, an occasional bass bassist, player. Yeah. <laughs> Rotating cast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. And you have one album out. We do in a couple EPs. We have two EPs okay. and one album. And yeah. then and then like full length album two. Coming out. Coming out. Yeah. Maybe af- uh maybe before this is released. Yeah, maybe. Totally. Yeah, we'll 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 figure that out. <laughs> sure. Stick around for the outro, well, and I will tell be... you where to find out about it. Yeah, we'll around. be touring in the summer as well, for <laughs> sure. Like we're going, we're doing the spring tour, and then we'll be touring it pretty much right away after our spring tour, um, like June, July, August, a bit of May. Yeah, where do people go to find out about that? Um, you can go to our website, which is highquadrarambler's.com cool you didn't have to like <laughs> i couldn't remember there's the in front of it sure uh yeah. and then yeah facebook facebook slash high quadra yeah yeah so yeah that's all of our stuff with our tour dates and things like that cool photographs and videos and all that stuff you find <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah where where all are you playing this summer do you know? Is it all decided yet? Right off the bat, we're flying to the Yukon. We have like great. A, I forget how to pronounce it. Hmm? I don't know how to pronounce it. A what? It looks like Cluane. It might be Cloyne Mountain Bluegrass. Okay. Uh, and um, yeah, they're up in the Yukon, so they're flying us out, and we'll play the festival. I think a couple shows around there, which is exciting. Yeah. Uh, we definitely are playing Northern BC. We already oh, we have some shows. There in August, and then like, be cool to get over to like Seattle as a possibility. We just we just see this like time a year when you when you sort of are PC it all together. Yeah, <laughs> um, Alberta probably. Great, because you can go U- Yukon and then Alberta. Yeah, yeah. Can is so big. So it's big. It's, like it's a big place. Massive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, the spring tour is just a uh, Vancouver Island and all the like Gulf Islands. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, I hope whoever's listening to this that lives near enough to those places will come out. For sure. Thanks so much for doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Good playing with you. What do you want to play for our last tune? Um, This is a tune called Nancy. Is this a trad tune? Yeah. Yeah. So it's on the, uh, like the last track on one of the Lonesome Ace string band. This is Chris Cool and John Showman's band. Uh, Their album, what album? album before they released a bunch of originals anyway it's called nancy till the tape runs out because they just shred away on it for infinity until it just cuts off abruptly at the end great yeah (laughs) so i learned it off that album um yeah and as a consequence i learned it as like a a a banjo player supporting a fiddler (laughs) yeah okay so it takes me a bit to get into and then find my own voice okay i'm not used to starting it off (laughs) so we'll see
playing too much Celtic music. <laughs> Caitlin's band, the High Quadra Ramblers, is touring Canada's West Coast right now through mid-April, and they've got dates booked through August. So follow them on Facebook and Instagram, and visit their website over at highquadraramblers.com. No the, and that website's got a link to their brand new album Los Algodones. So make sure to grab a copy. You can support Get Up in the Cool at Patreon.com/GetUpInTheCool, and you can buy a T-shirt or a bag or phone case or sticker by following the link in this episode's show notes. Check out PitchforkBanjo.com for my instructional banjo series. Make sure to like and follow Get Up in the Cool on Facebook so you can see the video I posted from this episode and share it with the world. And everything I just mentioned is linked in the show notes for this episode in your podcast app. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to Get Up in the Cool. <laughs>